The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Also, special thanks to one of our regulars who is always super helpful and able to commiserate with me when the show gets aggravating because, you know, sometimes it does, and that's fine. We're all here to pull each other through the those parts to get to the other parts. So thank you all. Tonight's show, as all our shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo material. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 to 10, 1 being, oh my God, kill it please, and 10 being, this is perfect, I want to die here. Um, And we also give commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right. Um, I'm still going to do reviews of other projects. I have shortened them somewhat because we've been doing the same ones for several weeks. But I know some of you might have missed things, so I do want to do them at all. I'm just going to truncate them. So, number one, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 15 and the second third of season 11. So, well, more than halfway through the second third now. I'm going to take that comment out because that was a few weeks ago. And it's not really applicable anymore. My mouse is being weird. So, pardon me just a moment. I'm going to do this the hard way. All right, followed by The Talking Dead around 10 p.m., immediately following the new episode. And as often happens, Joan, if you could do me the kindness of finding out when Talking Dead is on exactly tonight, then we'll know what time the episode is ending so people can gather all this stuff up and get ready to see both. All righty. Let me go back to my notes. So, um, by the way, tonight is not the penultimate show this time, technically, because there are 24 episodes in season 11. Although, if Joan wants to have a little fun, I don't mind if we want to say there's three chunks, because it's been chopped up into thirds. So it's the penultimate show of the second third of the show. There's only one more episode after tonight before the second third wraps up. The second mid-season finale is April 10th. No word yet on when Part 3 picks back up, though my guess currently based on patterns is fall 2022. And the reason I say that is because Tales of the Walking Dead, which is only six episodes, is going to air this summer. And Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 9, mid-season premiere, will return immediately following Walking Dead mid-season finale, Season 11, Episode 16 on 410. And that will be April 17th. And the rest of it, I'm going to skip. World Beyond's over. Y'all should know that. Carol and Daryl still hasn't been named. My current theory is it may be a ruse, kind of like how they were playing with Glenn's death. You know, I find it extremely peculiar they haven't named this show yet. And Angela Kang claims to have written the beginning episode, and maybe she really has. Maybe none of this is a ruse, but they have been known to do such things before, so we'll see. Um During the summer, Tales of the Walking Dead, six episodes. I've talked a lot about it. If any of you guys have questions, feel free to DM the page. If you know me personally, feel free to message me on Facebook and ask me. Um, Dead in the Water was on, oh, will be on, pardon. I can't count calendars, apparently. Next Sunday, at some point, it will be active on AMC Plus only. 
not regular AMC, but the subscription one, it will air. And I'm fuzzy whether it's just going to be a one-and-done kind of episode to cover it. I had thought it was webisodes, and there were going to be multiples. So I really don't quite know, but it's going to be next weekend. So pay attention starting on Saturday the 9th, because I think it's just going to magically become active, and then you can pull it up whenever you want. All righty. Maggie and Negan in New York already talked about that. Not too fond of the title because it's too Romero. Already said my piece. Um, Joan has already been working on my usual question. Talking Dead starts at 10.06 tonight. Thank you, Joan, for that. Always appreciate it. So tonight's episode will end more or less vaguely on time. A couple minutes over. Feel free to call in to speak with the host if you would like tonight at 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room. Just click on the link for the show. And there is a chat room feature underneath that you should be able to see. Um, If anybody needs coaching on that so that they can join us, also message the page or message me, and I can talk you through that. We usually post the links on our Facebook page and on my Twitter, although that's on hiatus at the moment, long story. Uh, So on Twitter for the moment. But anyway, there's the links. They are on my page. And if you're unable to join us in real time this evening... You can still go back to that link later after the fact and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also play it there, and you can download this and prior episodes on iTunes and or Spotify. And I need to add a couple more in there. We are also now on iHeartRadio as a podcast and also on TuneIn which is a competitor of theirs. All righty. I wanted to make sure I got those in there. I think I got them on at the end of the show, but I wanted, since I brought it up here, I want to make sure this is up to date. All righty. Tonight's Walking Dead episode is entitled Trust. The official AMC synopsis is Hornsby marches Daryl and troops to confront Maggie at Hilltop. That is probably the scene that we saw earlier in this third of season 11. After a harrowing heist, Rosita gets Connie, Kelly, Eugene, and Max to investigate the Miltons. Ezekiel helps hospital patients in need. And as I often do, I have a couple of additional synopsis. They're both from BleedingCool.com. Fansided or ComicBook.com just had a video, which was essentially the preview, and I can't show you the video, so there's nothing to really share with you guys. Let me go ahead and pull up the second synopsis for you. It was posted on April 1st, but it's not a joke. It's uh, BleedingCool.com and Ray Fluke, their usual writer for Walking Dead. Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 15 promo, Commonwealth Confronts Maggie and Hilltop. Sunday night's penultimate episode. Oh! (laughs) Okay, I guess I lose that one. I guess this one can be penultimate as well even though it's not the end of the season, but whatever. All right, so it's next to the last, and it's next to the last for a little bit. Oh, forgive me, I had a bad cough I did not want to put in your ear. Okay. Um, I directed, written, I'm going to get to in a minute. Has a lot on its plate, considering how things ended between our heroes and the Commonwealth in last week's episode of AMC's The Walking Dead. As strung out Hornsby, along with Daryl and Commonwealth troopers, come a calling on Maggie at Hilltop, and it's not for coffee and to catch them on old times. Meanwhile, Rosita, Connie, Kelly, and Eugene continue digging deeper into the Commonwealth, especially Pamela Milton, and Ezekiel looks to do some good with his new lease on life, but that may, might end up leading the king down a very dark path. And more truths about the Commonwealth come to light. 
And then there's that Leah matter. Da, da, da. Um, there are photos. They have the official promo thingy. I've told you all these things already, and there's okay. That that really is just a small expansion, and I think the other one is the same way. So, in, in other words, what I'm saying is these guys don't have huge amounts extra to offer other than the usual stuff, and that's okay. That's fine. Whoopsie. Sorry, I hit. I have a brace on my thumb because I have tendonitis, and I've had it actually for a few weeks now, and I'm having a little problem. So I try to keep it immobilized, but then I can't type for crap. So it's constantly back and forth. When I can't type, I get aggravated and yank it off, and then it hurts, blah, 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 and there's nothing, a whole lot you can really do. All right, so let's see if Joan had any commentary. Nope, she does not. So let's continue to the other synopsis. <clears throat> 8.42, got a good chunk of time here. Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 15, Trust, Images, Preview, Hilltop versus Commonwealth. It was also by Ray Fluke, and I kind of feel like he's doing what he's been doing, which is repeating the same things he just said. This honestly is the same thing I just read you, but it's got pictures, so we don't really need to get into that. That's all fine. Let's go ahead and continue. So, writers and directors profiles. Tonight's episode... Written by veteran Kevin Dybolt and directed by Lily Marie, M-A-R-I-Y-E. I know I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. Um, Joan, if you want to try to find out, that's fine, but I don't know if you can do it other than catch video of her saying her name out loud. <clears throat> but anyway, here's Kevin's bio. Uh, Kevin just had a birthday last month. I think I did bring that up during cast and crew birthdays uh so his birthday was march 4th he's born in buffalo new york former teen of the week for the lancaster new era um i'm assuming that's a newspaper he has a bachelor of arts and drama from ithaca college in his twitter bio it says he's based out of new york city jersey and occasionally la he's a father lollygagger telescribe and i assume that means television <clears throat> Hashtag The Walking Dead. Copper. Kevin. Probably saves the world. Borgia. Uh, I collect spores, molds, and fungus. WGAE, which is Writers Guild of America East. He has been on the advisory board for the Michael Collier Memorial Fellowship in Screenwriting through the Writers Guild Initiative since 2017. <clears throat> he volunteers for the Made in New York Writers Room Program is a fellowship program to support professional writers of diverse backgrounds in New York City through the Writers Guild of America, East slash New York City Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment. I guess this is a joint venture between them. I really like the fact that he's on all of these boards mentoring people and trying to uplift new and um, aspiring writers. That's really nice. His career has primarily centered on the television industry, leading to extensive experience of writing, editing, producing, and researching, as well as film prep and production. Kevin has miscellaneous crew credits as a writing assistant for Ed 2004, assistant to executive producer for The Bedford Diaries 2006, <clears throat> Ed's a show, by the way, an assistant to executive producer on the TV movie M period, O period, N period, Y period, in 2007. He was script cord for the series The Philanthropist in 2009. He has three other writer's credits in IMDb besides Walking Dead. Staff writer for Borgia, executive story editor for Copper, which is on BBC, in America, BBC America, and executive story editor for Kevin Probably Saves the World. Also writer, executive story editor, editor for Havana Quartet, which is a new drama series developed for stars well, back in 2016. That's actually old news now. I'll have to change the verb tense for that. <laughs> Diebolt has been a co-producer for The Walking Dead for 16 episodes since the start of season 10, and then producer for 15 episodes since season 10, episode 17, which was Home Sweet Home. 
Tonight is his fifth time writing for the franchise. <clears throat> First was season 10, episode 6, Bonds. Second uh, was the penultimate episode, season 10, episode 15, The Tower. Third was season 10, episode 17, Home Sweet Home. So technically not penultimate because they had extra episodes. And the fourth before tonight was season 11, episode 6, On the Inside. Kevin has been on Talking Dead once back in September 2021 after On the Inside. All right, that's him. Let me check in with Joan. And no, she has not added anything, so let us continue with his, uh, not his bio, with Lily's. Born in Las Vegas uh, as Lily Hamamura, she has a BA in theater arts from UCLA. She's married to Grammy-nominated Concord recording artist Boney James, uh, James Oppenheim. Lives in Los Angeles with her husband, who is a saxophonist and recording artist for Concord Records. He has two cats, Oliver and Emma. Although Lily Barrier is a DGA Award nominee for Just Add Magic, she may be best known for her role as Nurse Lily Jarvik, pardon me, on ER back in 94 for its entire 15-season run. An award-winning actress, dancer, and singer, she was discovered by Agent Joan Scott in the L.A. stage production of Elizabeth Swando's musical Runaways. Now a successful TV and film director, she directed The Walking Dead, Walking Dead World Beyond, The Terror, Infamy, Prodigal Son, Council of Dads, Stumptown, NCIS Los Angeles, Chicago PD, Criminal Minds, Nashville, and Partner Track after her feature film debut, Model Minority. She is active at the DGA, Directors Guild of America, appointed by President Tommy Schlamm, S-C-H-L-A-M-M-E, to the DGA PAC Leadership Council and the Special Projects Committee, as well as being elected twice as co-chair of the DGA Asian American Committee. Was named Filmmaker of the Year 2000 from the National Organization of Women at their annual conference in 2000. In 2014, she had an uncredited small role in an episode of Teen Wolf. She's got stuff going in all kinds of corners. She has two producer's credits and two writer's credits, both for Model Minority in 2016 and the Shangri-La Cafe in 2000, director and writer. She was on the cover of Total Health magazine uh, based in the United States, April 2006, volume 28, issue 1. She has 20 director's credits since 2000, including episodes of Criminal Minds, NCIS Los Angeles, and the MacGyver reboot in 2020, among many others. She has 41 actor's credits since 1982, starting with an episode of Lou Grant, and including shows such as Fame, Knott's Landing, Family Ties, Remington Steel, St. Elsewhere, The Magical World of Disney, Murphy Brown, Jake and the Fat Man, Who's the Boss, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, ER, General Hospital, and many more. Tonight is her third time working in the Walking Dead franchise. She also directed Walking Dead World Beyond, episodes Blood and Lies, Season 2, Episode 7, and Season 2, Episode 8, Returning Point. Tonight is her first time working on the Walking Dead classic. So let's go ahead and give them some applause and thanks for working on the show. Joan has valiantly tried to see if she could Google how to correctly pronounce her name so that I'm polite about it, but was unable to find it. So sorry, Lily. Keep doing stuff for the show and maybe it'll pop up or something. Do an interview so I can hear you say it. I can say it correctly. All right, it's 8.50 p.m., so we've got about 10 minutes. Let's dive into trivia. Trivia about tonight's episode, episode 15. Tonight's episode is the 168th episode of The Walking Dead ever. Co-stars tonight, Kean Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Nicholas Velez as Theo, who's the male nurse at the Commonwealth. He's the gentleman that was talking to um, Ezekiel quite a bit, and he's apparently turning into something of a significant secondary character. All right. And David Alexander as janitor, uh, known on the roster as Commonwealth Resident 7. Uncredited tonight. 
oddly, Angel Theory as Kelly. Um, I'm going to skip down to my notes. In this episode, Angel Theory remains uncredited and not listed under also starring despite having speaking lines. I have no idea why this is a thing. That's a quite a bit of a thing to just accidentally miss. And I don't know why they rolled with it unless they left her out before it was too late to to add it in. I don't know what, what's going on with that. Maybe somebody will speak about that later. Um, Jason Butler, Butler Harner as Toby Carlson. He was the ex-CIA jackass in the episode Warlords a couple episodes ago. Terry Joe Kennedy is Teresa, who has been a secondary character since The Well, Season 7, Episode 2. She was, also, she was a resident of the kingdom who later moved to Hilltop following the kingdom's fall. Months after the Hilltop's subsequent destruction, she moved to the Commonwealth. She was probably part of the pack that was saying goodbye to Maggie. <clears throat> this is tonight's last appearance of Toby Carlson as a corpse. This episode marks Kaylee Fleming's 25th appearance on the TV series. And I've already told you that Angel Theory was not in the credits tonight, strangely. Um, let's see. Okay. Last episode trivia, episode 14. Co-stars Ken Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree. Courtney Diaz as Kayla, who's Sebastian's girlfriend, although probably ex-girlfriend now. Michael Hansen as Jake Daniels, who's a soldier. Brain. <laughs> I really so desperately want to say your name correctly, and I really just don't know what to do. Rivera Jimenez as Green. Henry Bazemore Jr. as Sergeant Crow. Camry Rose Brault as Shipment Trooper. Monique Grant as Colonel Vickers and J.R. Adichie as Alves, and these are all soldiers. <clears throat> Uncredited from last week, Jason Fernandez as Levitz, Dalton Baxter as Douglas, who's a Commonwealth soldier, and the next few are all Commonwealth soldiers. Um, nobody has been named. We know Dalton Baxter was Douglas, even though he wasn't credited. None of these people, we know the actors who did them. Uh, and that's Commonwealth soldiers Baker, Castle, Trooper Howell, Trooper Lim, Trooper McHugh, and Trooper Ross. And Riverbed residents, we have three, Dean Grimes, Kent DeMond, and Patrice Jackson. Uh, deaths on last week's show, Jake Daniels, April, the lady in the vault with the money, Green, Sergeant Crow off screen, Toby Carlson, Alves, Castle, Shipment Trooper, who's alive in a flashback, uh, many unnamed Riverbend re residents, six zombified off-screen. Four unnamed Commonwealth soldiers, two alive in a flashback, one off-screen. And 30 to 40 unnamed Commonwealth residents confirmed fate, two zombified. All right, 8.54, let us continue. Uh, trivia. Tonight's Episode being last week was the 167th episode of Walking Dead ever. First appearance of the characters Vickers, Baker, Douglas, Howell, Lim, McHugh, and Ross. First and last of Alves, Castle, and April. Some of the other ones on here I think are last too, and they just didn't say so. Last appearance of Jake Daniels, last appearance of Green, Crow, and Toby Carlson. This is the 13th episode to share the same title of a comic series volume. After Days Gone By, Made to Suffer, This Sorrowful Life, Too Far Gone, No Way Out, A New Beginning, What Comes After, The Calm Before, Lines We Cross, What We Become, A Certain Doom, and Here's Negan. The original plot summary for last week's episode was as follows. Inside the Riverbend apartment complex, Maggie comes face-to-face -face with a stranger who both frustrates and challenges her resolve, at times sending her mind reeling. Will this world ever allow her the peace and justice she's so determined to find? Meanwhile, Daryl and Rosita are redirected during their routine patrol. As more and more tragedies unfold, more and more truths come to light. What lengths will people go to to get what they rightfully believe, what they believe is rightfully theirs? Sorry, I didn't want to say that in the wrong order because then it has a very different meaning. <laughs> and what lengths are others willing to go to to try and stop them? All right, Sebastian mentions that RJ has skipped two grades and that Rosita's daughter has started walking now. Wow, okay. 
When questioned by Lydia on why he left Alexandria without saying anything, Negan references what Aaron had told him previously in the episode Ghosts about how he'd leave if he actually gave a shit about the community's well-being, which he ended up doing. Negan is revealed to have gotten married and is expecting a child with Annie. Herschel relearns that Negan had killed his father and develops a grudge against him. Daryl, Rosita, Carol, April, and Mercer use the Walker Guts trick in order to retrieve the money for Sebastian Milton. Leah Shaw is revealed to have been the one who has ambushed the Commonwealth's weapons convoy. Negan's speech to Herschel at the end is similar to the speech that Beatrix Kiddo gave to a young girl whose mother she had just killed in Kill Bill, Volume 1. Elijah is seen wearing his mask for the first time since the episode Hunted, albeit only briefly while helping Aaron and Gabriel during the rooftop ambush. And there were no errors listed. Alrighty, and it's 8.57. We have time to do birthdays and maybe a tiny bit more, and then we'll have to pause. So cast birthdays this week. Alexa Helen Nicholas, who played Haley, a Woodbury guard, April 4th, and she is from Chicago. Pardon me just a moment. I beg your pardon. Something I... Oh, because the actress's first name is that A word, and I have one of those in the room. Apologies for that. All right. R. Keith Harris, who played Dr. Harlan Carson, Hilltop Doctor that the Saviors stole. Also April 4th. Different year. Lauren Ridloff, uh, uh, and it says Turiel. I guess maybe that is her actual last name, and Lauren Ridloff is a stage name. T-E-R-U-E-L. Turiel, I think. She plays Connie. Her birthday is April 6th, and she is from Chicago. Michael Rooker, who played Merle, was April 6th, and he's from Jasper, Alabama. So let's say happy birthday to them. All right. Featured music, nothing was identified from last week. Unaccounted for characters have done to death. Um I'm going to save Talking Dead tonight until we come back to the first commercial break. So I'll see you guys very soon. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, it's just 9.04, and we are already at our first break. I'm starting with 5.5, and Joan has a really good point. So much for Hornsby keeping this mission on the down low, for real. Um, And she says, God, I really hope they get closer to bringing down Hornsby or Sebastian before they break. And she's starting at 5.5 as well. Okay, let me go back over to my notes. Talking Dead tonight is going to be Paola Lazaro, Princess, Ian Anthony Dale, who plays Tomichi Okamura, who's Yumiko's brother. Um, I think she calls him Tommy. And Emmy Kinney, who played Beth. Thought that was very interesting. I guess because they're wrapping up the series, they're reaching back and bringing back some favorites from years past. I think that's really awesome. Okay. I am actually going to pull up an article. I have a little pile of articles I keep for when I've finished everything that I wrote down to say so that we have stuff we can discuss. It's kind of like optional stuff. And this is actually a month or two old. But I'm going to check in real quick with my notes and see what else we've got. So we've got links. Let's go ahead and go over the rest of season 11 because there's not much to it. Next week, episode 169-16, I had told you earlier it was called God. It's actually called Acts of God, and we had the same problem with uh, the Rotten Core. First, it was just called Rotten. It seems like they got like partial titles and then got them fixed later. I'm actually trying to see if we're going to go back because it looks – oh, no, Burger King commercial. Never mind. So Acts of God next week. The writer is Nicole Morante Matthews, uh, who has done stuff here before. Director is Catriona McKenzie, who I think may have also done stuff before. That will be on the 10th. That will wrap the second third of the last season ever. Um, so let me go back to the article now. Uh, let's see if Joan uh, Joan has not added anything further. So uh, this is from February 15th from Sci-Fi Wire, Tara Bennett. And it says, The Walking Dead showrunner, on Finding Parallel Universe series finale, how it compares to comics. As the last winter premiere of The Walking Dead drops February 20th, 
showrunner Angela Kang talks to Sci-Fi Wire about charting the series finale. And now we are back, so I'll tell you the rest at break number two. Okay, guys, that was a big, healthy section. It's 916, and we're just at break number two. I'm actually going to go to 575. I debated six. I think that's a little much. And I'm also kind of wondering if that last Commonwealth soldier staring out in the distance is not part of the regular troop, if it's somebody else, because it really kind of seems like somebody else. Okay, giving Joan time to figure out a score, but let me give the commentary that we've said in between leading up to now. Um, Joan had mentioned um, that she's still not used to seeing Judith in dresses, and I mentioned right or without Rick's hat and a weapon. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. But she's going to school kind of now. Jonah said, I really hope the Daryl and Carol show isn't a ruse because if it is, I have to start worrying about two of my favorite characters not being safe. I actually do think we should be worried about favorite characters not being safe. And I don't know what I think about half this stuff. It's getting awful close. They only got like nine, ten episodes left or so. And she says, yeah, without Rick's hat and the sword or katana, I guess, you know, it just doesn't seem like Judith. And it was very obvious that Hornsby was hoping that Aaron and um, Father Gabriel would die. And I think it was kind of a test. You know, they said, oh, we took out all these people. And we're very able, and then he just proved it in front of people, and I think he was hoping it wouldn't be true, that it would make them sound like liars. And I'm like, dude, you have no fucking idea of the history of these people. <laughs> um, I, I think you should be worried now that they've demonstrated what they're capable of. And Jones here, hi, here I am hoping he's the one to die. I kind of am too. You know, look at the flowers, Hornsby. Um, Joan has also said, now not only is he in Carol's crosshairs, but now also Aaron's and Gabriel's and Daryl's, and he's not even smart enough to be worried. Joan's going to get a six. That's fine, mostly for the graphic effects of that last scene. I was kind of digging Aaron's punching walkers straight through the head and having it just plow everything down. It does also make his story credible. And as she loves the head sliding off, I kind of feel like Greg Nicotero and all his special effects buddies are saving some really nice stuff for the end of the series. No, you know, not that they were holding back before, but I think they're, like, trying to be on their A game for the effects with this. Oh, now we're talking, Dad. You, you're – okay, I already said who's going to be on it, so it's not spoiling it. Um, this is one more commercial. Oh, Coors Light. I, sorry, I thought it was for beer. Ew. All righty. Um, let me go back to my article and see if there's anything that we can squeeze in. I don't know doesn't look like it's too long before we go back live because they have uh, a trailer for, I know I've seen this. Oh, Uma. This isn't what I thought. Now we have a T-Mobile commercial, so I will start. So that article from Sci-Fi Wire. Well, when The Walking Dead returns to AMC on February 20th, remember this was written a couple months ago, it's the beginning of the end of an era for the horror series. Going back to the show's second season, fans have been trained to look towards the show, show's mid-February premieres, which rounded out the seasonal arcs. But with this 11th and final season for the series underway, the finality of the long-running horror series coming to a close this fall is becoming more real. Now, that's interesting. I had theorized it was going to be fall, and I think they just blew something they weren't supposed to say yet, but it does make sense how everything's lined up. Even as audiences anticipate the season 11 story start to pick up back up this Sunday, current showrunner executive producer Angela Kang and her writers are crafting the very end of the series, and she tells Sci-Fi Wire that it's already been tricky to find a way to satisfy everyone with the few hours they have left to write. Honestly, Angela, you can't satisfy everyone. You can satisfy the majority of fans. All right, we're back. I'll read you the next part of break number three. Okay, guys, it's now 927. We're at break number three. Joan is staying at six, as she voted last time, and I'm going to go up to the six and kind of leave it there. 
Um, let's see. Joan and I also have the same basic sentiment. All those soldiers going in there, you know, I realize that a lot of them are probably in the same situations as a lot of people that are on our team that got stuck in there. In other words, they've probably been forced or blackmailed or somehow otherwise coerced to put up with this crap. And then I feel a little bad saying this, but since it's fiction and it's kind of how I feel about it, I kind of just hope they all go in there and they die, even though Daryl said they wouldn't. Because I think Hornsby needs to understand that he is way over his head. Okay. Having said that, let's go back to the article and finish this up as much as we can. Okay, so we're quoting Angela Kang here. And she says, without getting into too much specifics, for us, it's important to try to give all these characters moments to shine, Kang says, of servicing the large ensemble of old-timers like Lauren Cohen and Christian Serratos, uh, to the newbies like Paola Lazaro and Josh Hamilton, who plays Lance Hornsby. Um, oh, by the way, I actually did not remember Princess's name, so since they wrote it down, I'll give it to you. Juanita Princess Sanchez. Um, all right, so continuing the quote from Angela, not everybody's going to have the same amount of screen time, and that's, that's even just on the level of everybody's actor deal is very different. It makes it look like a mathematical puzzle to figure out how things work out or how to work things out. Okay. Kang says they've made it a part of the show to try and let actors go to work on other projects like Cohen's exit for the ABC series Whiskey Cavalier back in 2019 or even Marvel Studios projects shot near their home base in Georgia. Quote, it's always been a juggle on our show because we want all of our actors to just do great because we're so fond of them. All right. And we're still in commercials, so let's keep going. With season 11 broken into three blocks of eight episodes, Kang and her writers call this the B block, but admit that in reality, these episodes going into the C block, which will premiere in the fall, that's the second time they mentioned it. So I guess now we know. Um, are telling one large arc to the finale. She teases that fans should expect events underway now will continue to intensify from B to C, and there won't be as pronounced a difference between them as seen in previous seasons. Quote, it's not like we go to C block and then all of a sudden it's a musical comedy, she laughs, but there are some shifts that happen of, shifts that happen of importance. Still in the commercial, let's keep going. As with most series adapted from source material, The Walking Dead TV show has departed from Robert Kirkman's comic book series in many ways. Characters who died in the books remain alive, and vice versa. Arcs have changed dramatically, and outcomes have diverged for many reasons. Because of that, the question is, how much Kang has thought about matching or bringing any of the arcs back to how the comics ended? And still in commercials... We always start with the comic as our basis, she offers thoughtfully, but there's a fair amount of just riffing off that, too, because we have a different array of characters that are in the books at the end. We've got different directions than the story had gone, so we're definitely in a parallel universe from the comics. But we thought a lot about what we think the story from the comics is about and what the show has been trying to say. There are elements of theme and intention that we're trying to honor, even if not in a totally literal way, to what the source material did. Uh, I'm trying to see if we're going back. I've only got one more paragraph. Okay, I can finish this because it's just a fear trailer. Asked if it's hit her yet that she's tasked with closing one of the most popular dramas in contemporary TV, Kang sighs with acknowledgement. It's a tricky prospect, she admits, about the prospect that that's on her plate now. We can only make it and then put it out in the world and hope that at least emotionally people find some resonance in it. That's the best any creator can do because at a certain point it belongs to the audience. And that's the end of the article. And I think we're going to go back now. And we are. I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, Joan is going to 625. I'm actually going to go to 65, only just because I kind of enjoy Hornsby being stupid. (laughs) 
so much and Jones is so much for his brag about being a gearhead outsmarted again. She's going to six two five. I think I may be overreaching just slightly good. I was really torn, but I really kind of enjoyed him getting egg on his face. But I'm also still wondering who that one soldier was that wasn't Daryl that was looking at everything all weird. I have a feeling that there's somebody with the group. And I'll tell you what, my money is on that it might be Leah. Because she certainly would have had an opportunity to steal armor that fit her in recent scenes, just saying. Um, It's obvious she didn't um, steal it off that one woman soldier, the lieutenant or whoever, whose throat she cut at the end. Because that was still there, I think. I don't know. Was that scene her or was that the guy that they shot off the roof and let the walkers get him? I, I really couldn't tell because it was like gross everywhere. All righty. Um, Lay's commercial, so let's go. The article is finished. So I'm going to remove this from the list. My mouse is being a little weird. And I'm not sure what precisely is going on here. It won't highlight. And I'm not sure what the hell that's about. All right, I'm just going to put some space in there right now. Um, I'll pull up another article. This one is Tales of the Walking Dead. New anthology series to feature the return of villain Alpha, the Illuminati. I, I think that's very cute. I'm having trouble highlighting again. You know what? I'm not going to do this right now because I can't seem to get these stupid articles up. I'm not sure why it's misbehaving like that. But let me see what else I can read for you guys. Let's talk about upcoming shows on NDB Media since it is quarter to ten. So it's perfectly acceptable time to do that. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega. That's Mondays at 10 p.m., so that'll be tomorrow night. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Uh, Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the TV tantrum of Jamie Karen and AJ as they digest another night of TV. Uh, next is not this coming Wednesday, but a week from then, the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, Wednesday the 13th. 11 p.m. Eastern Time, please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, P-S-Y-D, that's a degree, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Uh, Next time, the topic will be traumatic grief. And Travelage Radio, that will be Thursday the 7th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Travel Itch Radio heads to New England on Thursday, April 7th to visit with Greg Desrosier of the Providence Convention and Visitors Bureau. Listen live at 8 p.m. as Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee learn about the historic capital of Rhode Island and its seven hills, eight universities, handsome parks network, multiple ethnic neighborhoods, and conversion from maritime and manufacturing capital to tourist, tourism mecca. We'll also talk about famous people from Providence, the growing importance of mass transportation, and the city's sports legacy, and, of course, water fire, which I don't know what that is, but I bet it's interesting. So that will be Thursday. And I'm not really sure what to do about the articles and the highlighting, but I'll play with it during the commercial breaks. Right now we're still on a commercial for something Blue Moon's Light Sky, but now we're back. So I will see you guys at break number five. Nine fifty two, break number five. Joan's going to six seven five and I'm gonna join her because holy shit that last scene. Oh Lord. Okay. Let me go back to notes <coughs> Pardon me. So uh Joan was clarifying for me the beginning of this episode was the guy they shot off the roof based on his being surrounded by other bodies that were not in soldiers' gear. Yeah. Okay, that's probably true. And I said, I hope Tommy isn't killed since he's on Talking Dead. I was worried he was there because he got in trouble. But, you know, they've dispensed with that tradition or they fool us 
half the time. Um, Joan says, I love that Mercer and Princess are together, though. And, of course, Carol has some sort of second job with influence. Of course she does. Um, and then Joan and I are coming to the same conclusion in that last tiny bit of the scene. Oh, hell no, Hornsby better get the hell away from Herschel. And we're laughing because Daryl just dropped an F-bomb. They get a certain amount of them because the show is rated a certain way to be on AMC, which I think is silly. Because if it's on cable, I don't think they should have these restrictions. Like, you should just be able to do it and take the rating. But anyhow, yep, Daryl just dropped an F-bomb. You know, tell them to lower their guns or something really fucking bad is going to happen. Yeah, it's still going to happen. Um, Joan says, sooner than later on the dead Hornsby, please. And she's going to 675, as am I. All right. I still did not have very much luck highlighting a link to talk to you guys about stuff. I'm going to try again. It's still not behaving. Ugh. I really don't. I'm going to try to shut this and then open it again and see if that helps. I don't know if it will. Sometimes these things do, and sometimes they don't behave. It's just, my computer's getting a little old, and I haven't updated it the way I would really like to, and that could potentially be part of the problem. And Well, that does seem, well, I might have opened my mouth and jinxed it. It was working, and now it seems to not be again. I give up. Maybe I'm not supposed to read any more stories to you guys. Oh, this is interesting. Now, remember, Fear comes out 17th. They're making little trailers, teasing us with stuff. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to fool with the highlighting again. It's just not working. Why are you like this? What is wrong with you? Okay. I it could be the battery. Maybe I'm. Maybe we should change the battery in the mouse. Not really sure. Um, Joan, anything you want to add about the last section? Because when we go dark this last time, this will be it until the end of the show, and then we go to Talking Dead. We've covered who's on there. It's going to be uh, Princess and Tommy and Beth. <laughs> Joan's like, fear coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh, yay. Yeah, you know. I, I'm, I'm about in the same place with it, but I'm going to stick with it. And I have a feeling... Fear's not going to go too much longer since the main show's ending. They have little side projects. We'll have Tales from the Walking Dead this summer. Still don't really know what's going to go on with the the water one. What's this? Ah, I forgot the freaking name of it. Let me go way back up here. The... Not Tales of the Walking Dead. Dead in the Water. I do have AMC Plus, though, so I may try to check it out. I don't think we'll do a show on it, though, but I may discuss it on that evening's show since April 10th will be the, the not season finale or series finale. It will be the mid-season finale the second time. And we're in a Geico commercial, and that's not helping me. All righty. I'm not really sure what to do here. When we go back and go dark, I'm going to change the battery of my mouse and see if that was the culprit. I'm not sure it is, but uh, we will see. I've just got the one little battery in here, and it doesn't seem to be behaving itself too well. Alrighty. Are we back? No, well, we have a trailer, so it'll probably be soon. 61st Street next Sunday on AMC+. Plus. Here we go. See you guys at the end. Okay, guys, it's 10.06. Going to make this quick so we can go watch Talking Dead. Uh, Joan and I are ending on 7 because we like Leah and some other reasons, too. And we'd really kind of dig it if she killed Hornsby, but they probably won't. But she's going to give him a hell of a good scare. I don't think he's going to like the whole giving her a job thing because she doesn't take orders from dipshits like him. Alrighty, so we're ending on 7s, and I will talk to you guys next weekend. Thank you for joining us, as always. Always appreciated. And um, I, I guess that's it. So good night. Thanks.